0: She am
1: Thank you Lord Jesus, aren't you glad we're called to be worshipers tonight? Amen. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 16 if you would. <clears throat> Such an honor for us to be gathered together again here in the house of God. Yes, so appreciate each of you that are here. I want to remember all those that are sick. <clears throat> Some are still nervous about coming back to church with various things in their bodies and so on. So we want to remember them as well all those that have lost loved ones, praying for God to comfort and help them during this this time. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Petra, little rock, and upon this rock, the big rock, Revelation, I will build my ecclesia. We remember the meaning of this word, but just in case you forgot it. A gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place, an assembly of the people convened at the public place. This is the establisher of the original church. So, in my opinion, according to you as believers, it's without argument. Because this is the man who founded it. And he said, Upon this rock I will build my church, And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But it proves to us the gates of hell certainly will be against it. And I'm not sure how you feel about it tonight, but I'm glad that we have a truth and that we have a church and we are part of a people that all the gates of hell are against. I'd sure hate for hell to be flying our name down there in one of their flags and identifying us as an ally. Now, I know it may seem strange to you, but there are some preachers and some churches that are allies to hell. But it just so happens, I'm not one of them. And it just so happens, our church is not one of them. And I hope it just so happens that you're not one of them. But we are proclaimed enemies against the gates of hell. Brother Donnie, you know by saying that, you've got a target on your back. Oh, I already had one. (laughs) I'm not adding nothing that wasn't already there. And you too, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. How many like to be remembered tonight as we pray? Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We're so grateful for the opportunity again, Lord, that we can come together. We thank you, Father God, for your mercy that's been extended to us through all the difficult times. And we thank you, Lord, for your grace that's been, been upon our lives and over this past year, Lord, and beginning of 2020 and then up to 21 and all that we've seen and dealt with and Father, we're just so grateful that your mercy has been with us and you've helped us. You've proved yourself to us time and time again. And we believe, Lord God, that you will continue to do so. We ask tonight that you would help us, that you'd take your word. May it be bread that would be broken before us. Speak things to us tonight, Father, that would uplift us, that would help us that would help us to be identified with the time we're in, who we are, who our enemy is, and what we are to do. Father, speak to us tonight from your word. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. And the saints said, "Amen." God bless you. You may be seated. Let me read to you tonight from the Church Age book, page 15. I know this is a familiar passage to us all, but I think it does us good to be reminded of it because it has such great value and what we need to be able to overcome in the day that we're living. Now remember this, Christ in the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts. Now any message church, any denominational church that does not want the book of Acts in their church is not the church that the Lord Jesus claims as his own. When I say the book of Acts in continuation, I'm not just talking about healing, signs, wonders, miracles. We believe in all that. But we know that book of Acts church had opposition. They had persecution. They were hated. They were despised. And they had this identity that they had been with Jesus. So a book of Acts church will not just be laying hands on the sick and them recovering, but it will be a church that will be persecuted, despised, and rejected as he was. And the church said... Why? Because it will be a matching character to the Lord Jesus Himself. Now watch, the book of Revelation shows how that the Antichrist spirit would come into the church and defile it. Now this is what the Antichrist spirit would do. It would make it lukewarm and formal and powerless. Make it lukewarm. Now we remember that this was part of the identification of the Laodicean church. Now those of you that have read the history of Laodicea, you know that God took each of those cities and there were certain traits about the cities that would lap over and parallel into the age that bore their name. Now Laodicea was a peculiar one in that it had several spiritual traits that would identify our age. One of them was it was a city that was riddled with earthquakes and finally by destroyed by earthquakes. It was also a city that did not have a vast quantity of fresh water. So they had this reservoir, which was up high in the mountains, and they would have to build, as you know, that the Romans were famous for their Roman aqueducts. So they would build these aqueducts, and they would let this water travel down. And it was very, very cool at the source, but yet because it was so hot, and those rocks would retain the temperature of this this hot, of the sun beaming right down on it, so By the time the the cool water got down to Laodicea, that water had turned lukewarm. So whenever this was read now to the people that lived in the city of Laodicea, this lukewarm was not just an adjective that they could not be identified with, but when they would go down to the city place where the water would come in, and they would bring their buckets and their whatever more, they was familiar with lukewarm water. But not only was the drinking water that way, but there was also from the other direction a hot spring now that hot spring was one that was very famous in this time of the first century. It was known because of the chemicals that were in it and people would come from all over the Roman Empire and they would go in there and they would bathe in that water because of the calcium and the different things that was there. But they also built an aqueduct from there and they would pipe it where it would come also toward Laodicea. But there where it was, it was so hot that to touch it in certain pools that was there, it would actually blister your skin. But by the time that hot water got to Laodicea, guess what? It had cooled down and it had become lukewarm. So they had lukewarm coming from this way and lukewarm coming from this way. So what started out cold got lukewarm. What started out hot got lukewarm. And it was one word that identified the Laodicean age. So whether they were jumping, shouting, screaming, hollering, tongue speaking Pentecostals, or whether they were Church of Christ, or Methodists, or Lutherans, they were all identified As lukewarm. Now, the Pentecostals would never be identified, of course, with the cold Lutherans. They'd never be identified with the cold Methodists. But in reality, because it would be of all of those systems that would merge together in Laodicea, they're all gonna wind up the same way. So the Pentecostals that truly had a great move of God and the Spirit of God was among them at one time, I imagine would have a very difficult fight time trying to find any of them left that maintain some of the same principles that their church was founded upon in 1906. Now let me go on and say if time goes on, it'll probably come to pass that in the ranks of the message that it'll get harder and harder to find those that are still based upon the principles that the prophet of God came and reestablished this word and restored the hearts of the. The children back to their original fathers. But may I also say, if this goes on another 500 years, or another 1,000 years, and none of us of course believe that it will, but I'm just saying if it did, there will be a true, genuine, word-based, seed-oriented people that will be here for a 1,000 years down the road. But we also know that by whatever, how long it will be, that Pentecost, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, all of those denominations will be nothing like they were in their original founder's imagination. They could never fathom that their moves would ever wind up where they are. Can you imagine, John Smith, that the man would weep and cry because the daughters of them, the Baptist church, were wearing rings and this and that, and his eyes were swollen shut because he saw what they were doing. Can you imagine John and Charles Wesley being the Methodist founders and the holiness and the Nazarene and the pilgrim holiness and all of them and you can imagine now what they would think. Well, I wonder how much longer it'll be before the same thing will be said about the message of the hour. And yet that's got to be because every move gives birth to a set of twins. And the true Pentecost. Pentecostals had a twin. They started out shouting like them, jumping like them, speaking in tongues like them, but they never had the identification of the real word of God for the age they lived. And our message has given birth to a twin too. And they say, Brother Random said this, and Brother Random said that. But the difference is the real one has the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the soul, and our twin can jump and shout a little bit every now and then, and they can quote the prophet, and boy, they can play the tapes and do this and that and the other, but they don't have the germ life, the true baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then that's where it'll come to where it'll just be no more than a dead, cold morgue sitting there that people don't worship, they don't sing, they don't pray, they don't read their Bible. Well, come on, church. Why? Because the lap over of Laodicea will affect everybody in. Now let me say this so that you'll understand. Even the ecclesia of God will have to fight this so lukewarm Laodicea sin. But she will never bow down to it because she is not Laodicea. Our water does not come via a Roman aqueduct, but our water comes from St. John 737. He that believes us on me as the scripture has said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. My water don't come through 1906 Pentecost. My water don't come through some seminary somewhere or some cemetery either. My water comes from the baptism of the Holy Ghost in my soul which still gives me a lot to praise God for in the middle of trouble. I don't know about you. I've got more to praise him for in I've ever had in my life. One by one, we're, we're watching saints go across on the river. They are secured on the other side. And those that God don't take, we're seeing God heal, and we're seeing God move. As a matter of fact, we've got more to praise him for right now than we had the beginning of this year. You say, Brother Donnie, are you crazy? Well, yeah, I probably am. I've lost my mind to the eyes of the world, but I'm looking around and seeing what's going on, and I'm seeing what the Lord is doing among his people, and to me, we've got so much to thank him for. We've got so much to be grateful for tonight. There shouldn't be one person, no matter what, you're dealing with that should not have a testimony to say that God's been good to me. God has helped me oh but I'm going through the greatest storm of my life I know some of you are and by the grace of God you look back a month from now and you realize it was the mercy of God that brought you through it and you look back three months from now and six months from now and you'll say oh Lord thank you for your grace thank you for keeping me Lord I didn't think I could do it I didn't think I could put one foot in front of another but you by your grace brought me through it why because he loves you Oh my, notice what Satan will do now. He'll make it lukewarm, formal and powerless. Now, what's what the book of Revelation does in the last days? It exposes Satan, revealing his works, his attempted destruction of God's people and the discrediting of God's word. Right down to the time he is cast into the lake of fire, he fights that. He cannot stand it. He knows that if the people get the true revelation of the true church, the true church, and what she is and what she stands for and that she, not just Brother Branham, not just Paul, not just the early apostles. As a matter of fact, I've been listening to the sermon, Absolute, the one that Brother Branham preached in 1230, 62 and Brother Branham says it in there and I've just been listening to it over and over again. He said, if you do not believe that the apostles, apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers is the same today as it was back there in that early church age with the same signs and same wonders doing the same thing, proving that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is something wrong with your absolute. That lets me know right there there's something wrong with a lot of the message, folks, absolute. Because there's a lot of them that do not believe that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Some of them don't even believe in preachers. They don't even believe, my, that the Lord can do anything. But what are they doing? They're thanking God for what he done. And they're looking for forward to what they think God's gonna do. When Brother Brandon was gonna get up and his own private resurrection and a tent's gonna be set up. And Brother Random is going to fly around in an airplane and hold a meeting here and there and there. Oh, my. I'm glad I don't have to wait for some fairy tale dream like that. My goodness, you thought Cinderella was bad. Disney couldn't even come up with some of that stuff. I'm glad I don't have to wait for some bump and jumping airplane to come along. I'm glad that my Bible tells me that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If He once healed, he he heals tonight. If he once saved, he saves tonight. If he wants baptized with the Holy Ghost, he will baptize with the Holy Ghost again. And when God requires a man to do something and God sets a standard for that, if God changes that standard, he's not the same. If God makes a standard for divine healing, and that was the appropriation of faith, every time that appropriation was met again, God will do the same or he's changing in his character. Oh my, notice this. This is what now your prophet said. She can do the greater works, she will be an invincible army. If they get a true revelation of the two spirits within the framework of the Christian church and by God's spirit discern and withstand, not only discern it, but withstand. You cannot withstand that old antichrist spirit in our mood by rubbing it on the head. Oh my, we got a lot of preachers behind the pulpit and they're scared to death to really call things out the way they are. Why, because they wanna be loved by everybody. They wanna be liked by everybody. That might be all right if you're running for politics, but if you're a God called preacher, you gotta lay that word out there. Well, come on, saints. God don't need preachers in the pulpit. That's politicians, he need men of God that's carrying a two-edged sword. Oh my, thank you, Lord. Notice discern and withstand the antichrist spirit, Satan will be powerless before her. He will be as definitely thwarted today as when Christ withstood his every effort to gain power over him. Now friends, this is either a lie or it's the truth. And either we believe it and we believe it's part of our message and part of who we are or we're just sitting there batting our eyes and nodding our head and say, well, it's a good quote. It's more than a good quote. It is part of the message for our day and I believe there is a church, not one coming, but I believe there is one on the earth tonight that is walking in harmony with the word of God and God desires to reveal himself in such a real way that Satan will become powerless before us. Oh, thank God. Amen. Notice with true revelation in our lives, the gates of hell, hallelujah, cannot prevail against us, but we will prevail over them. And the church said, is that just a good quote or is that part of your repertoire, who you are? Is that part of your inheritance as a believer that I have revelation in my life and therefore the gates of hell will not prevail against me? Whether they are demon gates, whether they are political gates, whether they are disease gates, whatever those gates are, oppression, sadness, heaviness, sorrow, I have got something down inside me me that is greater than all the oppression of the devil. You've got something inside of you tonight. If you have the Holy Ghost it's greater than all the backsliding going on in Laodicea. It's greater than all the demons out of hell. It's greater than all the sickness, all the disease, all the darkness, all the chaos, all that's going on in the White House, all that's going on in your house, all that's going on in the church house. No matter what it is, the of the Holy Ghost in us is greater than all the power of the enemy. The prophet in preaching this message that I've been studying and looking at for a bit on the five identifications of the true church of the living God, he lays it out as far as what? The gospel really is. I wonder how many in Christendom today really doesn't even know what the gospel is. Now the word gospel in the Greek and the New Testament actually simply means good news. But for some, the only part of the gospel they know is John 3.16 that God came to the earth in the form of his son and he come to save people. Well, that's wonderful when you need saving. But what about when you've been saved as long as I have? And some of you have. I need to hear more than a salvation message. I'm already saved. I've been saved for decades. Well, come on, saints. I've been saved for 43 years of my life, but I need more, I need more, oh hallelujah, than just sharing about being saved. I need more than just going to church and just say, oh well, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. I've been saved, many of you have been saved longer than I have, but there's got to be more to the gospel than just me getting saved. What about power to overcome? What about the spirit of God to live in this? this day and live an overcoming life. I said 43 years is 53. Some of y'all done had that added up in your head, didn't you? Well, what good would it do if most of us here tonight are saved for me to get up and preach a salvation message? And yet that's what many people identify as the gospel. But what is the gospel in reality? Now, you ain't gonna answer me, are you? You're scared (laughs) to. Watch this, the prophet. Now, this thought runs all the way from the early years of the 40s, all the way to the end. And I believe myself that the prophet was called to bring the illumination on the original gospel that Paul preached. Remember, it was not Paul that started this word gospel. It was Jesus himself. Notice this, the gospel is the word plus the power. Now notice power is not necessarily emotions. Praise the Lord. And the anointing is not necessarily emotion, but the anointing is power of God, supreme control that brings you, whether you're feeling anything or not. No doubt the Lord Jesus as a man felt things when he was here, but we have no record that he ever said it. Oh, I feel it, ooh, I feel it all over me. No doubt he must have felt things, and yet there was never an individual that had such power and delegated authority. So the gospel itself is not the word. Now this is what gets you, you know, when you look at it with the message of the hour, that with so many, it becomes one doctrine after another doctrine after another doctrine. And to them, that's what the entire message is about. Just one doctrine after another. And they never stop with new ones, but they're constantly going on and on and on. And after they get that one, they get another one, they get another one, they get another one. one. But that's not the gospel. Just the word only. Oh my. Notice this. The gospel is the word plus the power. The gospel came in power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. How many believes it? Notice again he said Jesus said go into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation. Now listen to whether it's right or not. Preach the gospel to every nation. That's the United States and all the world. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, drink deadly things, lay their hands on the sick. They shall not harm them. Now in order, he didn't say, go teach the word. Oh my goodness. He didn't say, go teach the word. It's amazing how many message missionaries we got and that's all they do. They go teach the Godhead, they go teach water baptism, they teach this and that and the other. Now, We need those things, absolutely. But that's not what Jesus told the original apostles to do. But he said, go preach, preach. We believe that commission is still active today, do we not? He didn't say, go teach the word. He said, preach the gospel. Now you're sitting there thinking, there ain't no difference. There is a world of difference between teaching the word and preaching the gospel. The Gospel. You see, we can hand out Brother Redman's books, we can hand out the Bible, we can hand out tracts and thank God because there's been folks that's come to the message of the hour by reading such, but that's not what Jesus said. He didn't say go out and hand out tapes, go out and hand out pamphlets of the book of Revelation, or hand out this, but he said preach the gospel. So what is it? It's taking the word and God anointing someone, and they become a proclaimer of that, and then God works with them with signs and wonders following. That's the gospel. It's not some theologian standing up there and explaining this and explaining that and explaining something else and then they talk for a little bit and they dismiss everybody and let everybody go home and nobody's healed, nobody's delivered, nobody is set free. That is teaching the word, not preaching the gospel. Well, well. I tell you, friends, we got a lot of our preachers around the message and that's all they're doing. They're just going around teaching. They teach this and they teach that, why? Because it's a whole lot easier to teach it than it is to preach the gospel. It's a whole lot easier to be a teacher of the word than it is to be a preacher of the gospel. Because a real God called preacher of the gospel, God works with him. Well, praise the Lord. He never did commission, go. He said, He said, go and preach the gospel. And in the beginning was the Word. The Word is the forerunner. The word is the forerunner of the gospel. The word goes out and the gospel of the power of the demonstration of God follows the word, makes the word manifest that is the gospel. Can't you see why Satan wanted to come in our own ranks then and say anybody that has prayer lines is Pentecostal? Anybody that prays for the sick is Pentecostal? Anybody that shouts and rejoices and worships God is Pentecostal? Why, he wants to turn all of those that do believe in going to church and all those that do believe in men getting up and talking, he wants to turn them all into teachers of the word and not preachers of the gospel because he knows, not within six weeks, not within six months, maybe not even within six years, but in time, they will totally change direction, they will totally change direction of their church, they'll change the direction of the message of the hour, and it will just become teachers, teachers of the word. And then we'll have everybody just to raise their hand. How many wants to accept Christ? And then, of course, we turn into a bunch of Baptists, because we don't even believe in altar call, no more, we don't believe in folks getting hands laid on them, we don't believe in folks getting so excited that they might shout a little bit or jump around. Well, come on now, because we're so great teachers, and we just teach and teach and teach and teach, but Jesus said, preach the gospel. Well, praise the Lord. Notice this again in the inside man. Now, we are his hands on earth, We are his eyes on earth. We are his, oh my. We are his gospel on earth. And the gospel is not altogether by the word. Bless your heart, some of you are struggling with this, aren't you? You see, it's because you don't understand that the word is a seed. And it lays there lifeless without power being put upon it. So a fine teacher can stand up and teach the word without any life on that word and you can sit there and sleep the best ever was right in church. Well, my, that's the best I've slept in 25 years sitting under them preachers. My, my, they use all these big words and they do this and that and the other. I love going to church. I catch up on my sleep when I'm there. Man, I really, really need it. But if he's a gospel preacher, buddy, I'll tell you one thing, he'll preach hell so hot, you'll you'll smell your shoestrings catching on fire if you ain't careful. You wanna get in there and you wanna be a part of it. You don't wanna sit there like no bump on no pickle, but you wanna be a lively stone in the house of the Lord. And you realize it's more than just doctrine, it's more than just saying the word. Friend, the devil can preach the word. Listen to me, there is not one preacher in this message that can preach the word the way the devil can. But the most simple-minded preacher that we've got in our ranks can out-preach the devil when it comes to preaching the gospel. Now the devil might smoke him by theology, and the devil might smoke him by standing up and quoting scripture, but that little simple-minded fellow that would be called of God, anointed by the Holy Ghost, and having the Spirit of God, and when he goes to speaking, that anointing on his gift actually takes that same word that the devil is preaching, only it gives it life by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, and the gospel is not altogether by the word. The word manifest is the gospel. The gospel came not in word only, but through power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Now you know he's quoting Paul there. Notice again, he said we've had tracts passed out all over the world, but the gospel hasn't been preached to a third of it yet. The gospel is not just the word only. Lord, children, I hope you can see not what the devil's tried to do to us. Don't you see why we've had people in the last few years falling away? Don't you see why they've done that? Because we have led them by the word. And many of them have seen that dry seed laying there, the word, and it was never quickened to them. And then in their mind, they accepted it. Yes, yes, I believe that. That makes sense. Smile, that makes sense. I've never heard anything that makes more sense. You need more than that. You need to understand this message don't come by making sense. It must come by revelation, because there's times that God will do things in your life. You'll not understand it, I don't care how hard you try to, but if that anchor is settled down inside of your soul, the devil cannot run you away, your mama cannot pull you away, your daddy cannot pull you away, because you've got that tie post in your soul. But if you're only instructed in the Word, and it's right here, it's seed. My, you got your head stored full of it. A lot of us are like the granaries of Egypt. We've got quotes and we got scriptures and we got quote books. And man, a lie! We're a walking concordance, nearly. The prophet of God said this. The prophet of God said that. But what good does it all do if we ain't got faith to make it live? Amen. I want you when you get time study your New Testament find out some of them people in the New Testament in the days of the Lord Jesus that was able to stop the Lord Jesus in his tracks. The little woman that had the issue of blood. Blind Bartimaeus sitting out there, the Bible does not comment about how many verses of scripture they knew, what great theologians they were, but they had faith, and their faith moved the Son of God and stopped him right there. Can you imagine the very word made manifest, and a human being's faith so strong, it can stop the Son of God in his tracks. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Notice, he said, but after all, passing out tracts is now preaching the gospel. All right, and so let us update it a little bit. So let's change it from the Methodist tracks, Baptist tracts, Pentecostal tracts. Let's change it to the, to the message tracks, A oneness of the Godhead, or the serpent seed, or the seventh messenger. Now, don't think that I'm against that. I'm not. But if we simply try to lead people to the message by the word aspect only and change their ideology from that this to message, we will not be able to hold on to them. They will not have a solid foundation because it's only theoretically in their mind with an intellectual faith but if we lead them to the Lord Jesus and they get a true baptism of the Holy Ghost on their soul and they get that absolute anchor down there in their soul, you can burn every book we got, take every tape we got, let the government shut down our church, but the real bride will be standing solid on the word of God. Why? She has an absolute in her soul, her experience with God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Notice now he quotes Paul. The gospel come not in word only, said Paul, but through power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. See, you've not just teach the word, but preach. You see, this is just a few of the hundreds of quotes that I've accumulated over the years of why I believe in preachers. So it ain't just teach the word, or just give somebody a tape, or give somebody a track on Serpent Sea, but preach. 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 Glory. Hallelujah. Mama. My, my. Not just teach the word, but preach. Now notice what preaching and this does make manifest the word. The word has to be made alive. Now, come on, let me see if you can say amen to this. It's a dead letter until it's made manifest. But what do all the message followers become satisfied with? Memorizing the dead letter and letting you know that you left out an and, or a thee or a but, or a for when you quoted that quote, because they know that quote by heart. And brother, let me tell you one thing, they're not afraid to let you know that you left out an and, or a thee, or whatever more, and they are so proud because they recognize every thee. Well, let me tell you something, you might be as dumb as I don't know what, but if you've got the real face, I'd rather have that than to be an intellectual message giant that can quote brother Brandon word for word for word. What good does it do? if you don't have the life of the Holy Ghost in you to make that word live. Oh, when trials come and tests come, well, I'm leaving, I ain't serving God no more. Oh, you yellow-bellied coward! why don't you get a true baptism of the Holy Ghost and come up here and join the ranks of the army of God and say, if death comes my way, if hell comes my way, if sickness comes my way, I'm gonna stand for the Lord Jesus. I didn't embrace him for a good time. I didn't come to go on a picnic, I come to join the army of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's a dead letter until it's made manifest and then it's quickened and it's brought to pass. What God said about it that's the gospel in action, New Testament Christianity. but to a lot of message folks. They're just lookers. They just sit there and look at you. You know, if they're dead, if they're alive, if they're mummified, you just... They don't ever raise their hands. I know it's hard for you to say, Amen, that mess. It don't bother me now if you want to every now and then just pull that thing now and say, amen. Some of y'all having a hard time breathing as far as I'm concerned, pull the thing off your nose. I don't want you smothering to death. I've had enough funerals lately. Hallelujah! Why, because it's alive. And when a minister reads the word and it's alive in you, it it demands a response. You say, Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. That's my life you're talking about, preacher. Go ahead, Fritz. Seek him. Seek him, Fritz. Go ahead, get him. Get him, boy. Get him. Oh my. Notice in the India trip. He said, preach the gospel. And the gospel isn't word only but through power and manifestation of the Holy Spirit, which would produce the signs of Mark 16, when he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Everybody hold on now. The word itself is dead. Until it becomes into action and produces life. Don't misunderstand me. When it becomes that, it's more alive in a human being than it is in the Holy Bible. Now we would never desecrate the Holy Bible, and we should not, and we should never speak against it. It is God's written word, but don't you understand? When the word of God comes off the pages of the Bible and becomes an action in you and I, a manifestation in you and I, it is what? The living word. Don't you understand why the prophet said, as long as it's laying there in the Bible and it's not been brought to pass, it can be questioned. Malachi 4 can't be questioned no more. It come off the pages of the Bible. It's not been fulfilled. Luke 17, 30, St. John 14, 12, and before long, 1 Thessalonians four 16, won't be able to be questioned either because there's gonna be a group of people. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of God, oh my, voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead, in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain. Oh, praise the Lord, that's a seed. Oh, how many times have I read that as I lay our brothers and sisters down in that cold dirt? Now the grave seems so final and cold. I'm quoting it as a promise of God, and you're sitting there with tears in your eyes, as I'm there with tears in my eyes. But, my brother, sister, one day, soon and very soon, that word is going to come off the page of that Bible. And, folks, right across the road from over here, is going to get up early some morning over in Kingsport, over in Africa, over in India, in Jerusalem, they will rise they will come forth because that promise of the word will become alive manifested in human bodies I wish I was a little bit younger where I could preach the word itself is dead Brother Donnie, aren't you afraid to say that? I'm not. I'm going to break this old damnation of hell from around us thinking that we can just hold the memory of Scripture and that gives us power. This word must be alive. And I can't make it alive for you. The music can't make it alive. There's only one word quickener that's the Lord Jesus. Listen at his words. Matthew 24, 13. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. Now you show me where the Lord Jesus ever changed it, right down to the end time preachers are gonna be preaching. Oh, I know they want to project to us from headquarters that Brother Branham was all five and fulfilled all five, and therefore there ain't no need for the rest of them. You show me where he said it. But you won't, because he was a true prophet, and only a false one believes that. Well, praise the Lord. I can show you where Brother Branham had minister ordination services and no tape player ordination services. You show me where Brother Branham ever ordained an MP3 player, or a tape player, or a wall and sack reel to reel to take the place of preachers, and I'll be the first one to set out. But while you're finding the quote, I'll still keep preaching and still keep on studying because you ain't gonna find such a thing because the Lord God started it out with men. He will finish it up with men. He started out, hallelujah, the book of Acts with men and women and boys and girls getting the baptism of the Holy Ghost and getting born again, hallelujah, casting out devils, healing the sick, raising the dead, and he will close out his church exactly the same way with men and women and boys boys and girls, filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, laying hands on the sick, and the dead will rise among us. Hallelujah, why, it's his word, it's his church. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come. Don't you understand the very end time and the rapture is tied to preachers. Amen. Now this is what the founder of the church, oh, All but Brother Donovan Brother Bram came, there was something brand new. Where'd you find that out in the Bible? Where'd you find that out in the message of the hour? It's a creed and a denominational spirit in our ranks. Brother Ram did not come to start something new. He come to point our hearts back to the faith of the original apostolic fathers. Well, praise the Lord. Notice in Luke seven twenty-two, Then Jesus answering said to them, go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard. How that the blind see, the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear. The dead are raised. And to the poor... The gospel is preached. This is the one of the identifications that Jesus was the word made manifest. He was a preacher. <laughs> he was a preacher. Handing our message tracks is wonderful and good. But I'll tell you what you'll find. You'll find some of these people sitting in a pew somewhere, or in a church somewhere, or in a chariot somewhere reading a tract that was handed out an Ethiopian eunuch and somebody had handed him out a tract or a book and he was sitting there reading he was laying as a lamb to the slaughter, dumb before his shears opened not his mouth and the spirit of God got a hold to the gospel preacher so uh, he said join yourself to that man so he comes up and he said, what are you reading there? He said, you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I, except some man, teach me? That old boy had a lot more understanding than a lot of the message folks do. Oh, they've got stripes and stars and badges where they've been around for 40 years and they fished their brother Random. What good did it do you? You must not have swallowed the food as much as did the fish did the worm while you was fishing with him or you'd have understood he did not come to start an organization. He come to point our hearts back to Paul's doctrine. When he was carried beyond the curtain of time and never stood up there and said, well, old Paul was wrong. Paul had a thing and good in his day, but my day superseded Paul. My day was farther than Paul's day. Come on, children. But what did he say? What Paul preached, I did too. And what did them millions of voices ring out? We know that, and we are resting on that. They were not sad, they were not saying, oh, Brother Branham, you brought something new. We don't even need the Bible no more. He said, were Paul baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, I did too. When Paul taught this or that, I did too. And our voices, I believe we were there for it. And God, I believe we were there by identification. This is why I scream it now. I screamed it then. I am resting on that, Brother Branham. I am resting on that word. The word made manifest is the gospel. The gospel came to us not through word only, but through power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost to demonstrate the power, make the gospel live. Five identifications. How many knows what the gospel is? Not the word. Can't you see why I wanted to read you so many of these quotes? You'd have thought I was absolutely out of my mind if I just got up here and preached this tonight without backing it up. You'd sat there and look at me worse than you are now. You see why? Why do we do this for it? It's because we don't understand it fully. We think the word and the gospel are the same. Where do we get that? Denominationalism. Well, the gospel, God so loved the world, that's only part of it. I believe in a full gospel for the full man. I not only believe Jesus saves, but he heals. I believe Jesus delivers, and Jesus fills with the Holy Ghost. That's also part of the gospel. Now this requires manifestation, you see. So you can see why that some of the modern day message preachers, they blast prayer lines. They blast preachers that are trying to get people to an expense. I know you're not familiar with a lot of them, but take my word for it. The real, true, old-fashioned gospel is made fun of in our ranks. Not in the Baptist churches, not in the Catholic church, in our ranks. We don't need the anointing no more. They say, we don't need the power no more. I'll tell you one thing. If we ever needed it, we need it now. Oh my. How many knows what the gospel is? Not the word. Paul said the gospel come to us, not in word only but through the power and manifestation of the Holy Ghost. The Gospel is the power of God to make the Word act what it says it'll do. But now if you take the Gospel power from the Word, then you'll find people quoting the Word and saying the Word but not having the power to live what the word says they should live. So then they have to make excuse. Well, well, I can't do it. It runs in my family. Uh, well, God understands why I can't do it. Don't you understand that's where Christianity is today? Because many of them talk the word. Well, you know as well as I do. Some of these Baptist theologians, they have some good things to say. Some of these assembly of God people, when they get off the Godhead, they may have some good things to say, but they don't have enough power to be able to produce in their people Well, they can get rid of their shorts and their bobbed hair, and their makeup, and their lipstick. Glory. Well, glory. Whew. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel to the white people, the just, the brown, the yellow, the black, to every creature. Amen. Every creature. You believe that means that? I seen God baffle a bull one day. I seen him cause hornets not to sting. I seen him raise up a possum that been laying dead all night. The gospel will take effect upon anything that you ask. There's a brother down in Kentucky and I've known him for years and years and Harry first told me the story of it. And I seen him a few weeks back myself and he was sharing it with me. He took somebody a prayer cross up in another state, and they had a grapevine that their mama, or grandma, or somebody had give them. That thing had been there for years and years. It was dead as a hammer. So that person said, would you care to bury that prayer cross with that grapevine? He said, well, I guess, and you'd have to know the brother. I mean, he's a great brother. He just kind of shocked him shook his head. And said, I guess if you want me to. And he said, I thought, Lord, I hope I'm doing this right. I don't even know. Harry told me about the story, and I sent this quote to Harry, and he sent it to him. He showed me a picture on his phone sometime after that. It looked like Israel in 1947. <laughs> you have seen the before picture of a dead looking twig and a prayer cloth was buried down in the ground <laughs> around the roots of that Lord, children, if God can do that to a grapevine, what did God do to a man or a woman? If the power of God, now what can God do? So what was it, the word. Well, live grapevine, live grapevine. But there was a work and it acted on somebody's faith. Do you believe this? Now what did it do? I looked at it and I thought, oh my goodness, it was just absolutely amazing. The grapevine had flourished, it had grown that way and that way, Harris, I saw the picture there a couple of weeks ago. I thought about Israel and how it looked like they were dead and God likened Israel to that vine, the planting the vine and hoarding planet earth and God said I will restore it also reminded me of myself it reminded me of the Gentile dispensation how we were dead and what did God do God sent Elijah amen God sent Elijah with a resurrection ministry with a restoration word and it buried right down around our roots and all of a sudden a branch come out and another branch come out one of them come out water baptism in Jesus name Another branch come out speaking in tongues. Another branch come out healing the sick. Another branch come out shouting and praising God. Well, hallelujah. It'll have to put out the same kind of branch the original one did. So if that branch comes out and all of a sudden, oh, there's a book. Well, this branch over here comes out. There's a tape. My goodness. And, and, and then there's, there's this and there's said. Well, that can't be the original. It don't take a scientist to figure that out. If it's the same life and the same plant, it'll produce the same stuff. Whew. You say that's the craziest thing I ever heard in my life. Don't say that too loud because I'm fixing to read you a quote. You say, that's wrong, Brother Branham. It isn't wrong, Jesus said to that tree, cursed be you, no man eat from you. From henceforth, the gospel was preached to that tree. That's true. Now, See friends, this is the sad side. The gospel not only brings life, but it also administers death to those who turn it down. Now, the Lord Jesus took his words and said to that tree, of course, which is a type of Israel. We know that. He was doing it for a great shadow and a type. And that word, the gospel, the tree heard that gospel and said, "Cursed be you. They went down just a little bit down the road and come back. And the disciples looked at it. And they marveled. They said, Lord, look at that. Look how fast that withered. He said, if you'll believe, even greater than this, you'll do. Wow, you think, the gospel took effect, not in resurrection, but in successive prophecy to ultimate death. Oh, can I have just a couple more minutes? Notice in Romans 1, 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the dunamis of God. Notice Paul doesn't say the word, the logos, the rhema. But I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Thank God, that's me. First Corinthians 2, 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Look at the word demonstration. A making manifest, showing forth a demonstration or a proof that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of message men Amen. but in the, in the power of God in the power of God for Thessalonians 1:5 oh for our gospel came not unto you in word Only. Look at the meaning. Logos. Logos? Speech, a word, uttered by a living voice, embodies a conception or an idea, what someone has said. Don't you understand the difference between logos and gospel? Logos is what someone has said gospel is what someone is doing. Ah, glory. The logos is what God has said. The gospel is what God is doing in our midst. And it will never say anything contrary to what the logos has already said. Amen. I know i have give you a wheelbarrow load to chew on tonight, but let me just give you one, one more right of the chocolate topping right on the top. Now, the gospel is not altogether the word. This is the word of God. Of course, Brother Bram has his Bible there. And all things must be based upon this word. If it isn't, it isn't true. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He did not say, teach the word. He said, preach the gospel so the gospel consists more than teaching the word for Paul confirming that said the gospel came to us not in word only but through power demonstrations of the Holy Spirit would come and demonstrate the gospel bring the word to a living reality if you just receive the word by knowing the word now listen to this that doesn't do you any good. Oh my goodness. Friends, can't you see why Satan wants to do this to us? He wants to do this to our children. Amen. That they will just learn the word. And they'll live it as long as they're in your house. <laughs> my If you just receive the Word by knowing the Word, that doesn't do you any good. The letter kills us, but the Spirit giveth life. Then you must be born again. Then the Holy Spirit quickens the Word to you. Once it's quickened, it's revelation. That's when you become Invincible undefeatable so empowered by god you will be empowered beyond your own reasoning you will look at things in your mind and think i must be going insane i must be going crazy i've got every reason to leave i've got every reason to quit serving god but something down inside of you will not let you go even when you don't understand this or that or the other something keeps holding you and it ain't you. Oh, glory to God. I went up to the horns of the altar. Hallelujah. I grabbed a hold of them horns. No, you never. He grabbed a hold of your horns. Jerk you up there, my my. Most of us wasn't looking for God. It was God that come looking for us. It ain't us that's been so faithful. It ain't us that's been so good. It's been Him that's been faithful. It's been Him that's been good. It's been Him that's kept me. My desire would have run out a long time ago. My determination would have given a long time ago. But as long as it's Him on the inside, it keeps pushing me. It keeps driving me. It keeps reaching it keeps grabbing a hold to the good things of God and say out of my way devil oh glory to God glory to God hallelujah thank you Lord Jesus oh praise God how many wants the gospel to be alive in you praise the Lord Praise the Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you tonight, Father, for your words. I pray, Lord God, that you'd help them help me to see it in a greater way and know why we must pray for revelation, to know that memorizing alone will never make the word real. I thank you for a good memory, Lord. I thank you for it. And I'm grateful that I've got a pretty good one still left. But it takes more than memory. It takes the Spirit of God to quicken it and make it alive. Oh, Jesus. Let the gospel, let the gospel live through us. Not only that you're a savior, but you're a healer. You're a deliverer. You're a serpent bruiser. You're a body changer. You're a cancer killer. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You're a demon tormentor. Oh, Lord God, and I know the way you wanna do many of the above things that I just mentioned. It's through our bodies. Lord God, Forever true believer here tonight and those sharing my voice, Father God, they believe and know for a certainty They were ordained before the foundation of the world to live and to spread the light in this day. Many of them will never preach. They'll never prophesy. May never have a dream or a vision that'll be spiritual, that'll need to be interpreted. But they are the gospel on display. Praise God. Praise God. Let the little sisters see it, Lord. Let the brothers, let the young people, each of us, Father, we can find our position, and we will not be ashamed of the gospel. Let people ridicule our theology. Let them make fun of us, because we stand for this and that. That's all right, but when they get in trouble, we know who they brought off their prayer requests to, because there's a manifestation. There's a prayer answering God that's in our midst. It ain't us. It ain't that we're any better than anybody else. It's our God, that's who it is. Praise God, and we've learned that he's not just a God of the mountain, but he's a God of the hills. He's a God of the valleys. He's a God of the low spots. He's a God when we feel him. He's God when we don't. He's God whenever we understand. He's God when we have questions in our mind. So it's not us that keeps pushing. It's something down inside of us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Would you minister to your people tonight, Father, I pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Oh, I'm reminded of that little story as a prophet passed by time and time again. But one day he decided to talk to it. And it was a little bubbling spring. So he sat down. You can imagine if anybody would come by and heard him or seemed to felt thought, that guy's nuts. Sitting down talking to a spring. He said, Little spring, where do you get that at? I've been coming by you since I was a kid. I've drunk water from you, the little deer, I've seen the little deer drink from you, and all this you remember the story I, this and that and the other drunk from you? Well, I've come through here in the winter time and it'd be so cold out, you never freeze over. And the summertime's so hot and dry, and you never run out. What is it that makes you bubble? And he said, if that little spring could answer me back, he'd say, Brother Branham, it ain't me. It's something down inside of me that's bubbling me. It ain't me. How can we hold on, friends? How can we say, I still trust him? The lord gave and the lord took away blessed be the name of the lord how can we do it because it ain't us it's something inside of us bubbling something brother tony that pushes us it's beyond us aren't you glad you've got something beyond you ain't you glad you got something bigger smarter greater more powerful than you are I'll tell you where you'd be tonight if it was only based on you. You'd be out drunk. Some of you would be out on dope. You'd be at some Baptist church tonight, whatever more. You would not be here. You'd be somewhere else because you would have given up a long time ago. But when you made up your mind, you was gonna quit, something down inside of you lets you know how can you stop what you never started. He Glory to God that has begun this good work in you will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. Look, children, I don't know how much longer we'll last, how much longer I'll be able to preach to you. But if I get to where I can't remember and I get to where I can't preach, and y'all want somebody else, I understand that. But please let me keep coming to church, okay? And let me come and roll me up in my wheelchair and let me shout a little bit let me hallelujah, glory to God a little bit. I want, I want the devil to know, there he sets a false teeth, ain't got one hair left on his head, can't hardly see, can't hardly hear, but look at that idiot, he's still worshiping God. He's still praising God, he can't preach no more, but he just said, glory, seek him, Fritz, seek him, Fritz. What, well, when will that old boy ever quit? I'll tell you when, never. Oh, he said if we can get him in the grave. Oh no, you get me in the grave, and I'll just start shouting on the other side. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Please pray for Brother Matthew Conway's father. Fell tonight and is hurt. Can we just pray for him right now? Dear Jesus, we pray for Brother Matthew's father. In the name of Jesus Christ, may you touch him, Lord. You see this fall, Father, and we pray, hallelujah. If the gospel can take effect on a tree, a possum, a bull, hornets, a storm in Colorado, what about a man's body that's fallen and hurt? Would you move for him, Lord? We pray, Father, not only for him, But for the others, it's been mentioned here tonight. Some Lord battling the the COVID and some battling after effects evidence. Battling this and that in the name of Jesus. May your healing virtue go to your children tonight, Father. I pray for Brother Eugene Kennedy. You see, Lord, he's had some bad days in the name of Jesus. May the healing virtue go to our brother. Right now in Jesus' name. Brother Eugene, receive strength. In the name of Jesus, my brother, receive the strength of Almighty God into your body. Hallelujah. May the gospel take effect on my brother's body. May the gospel take effect on those that still got lingering side effects from COVID. May the coughs leave them. May the blood pressure issues leave them. May the stomach trouble leave them. That old devil has tormented us long enough I'm sick and tired of hearing COVID this and COVID that, COVID something else. I'd like to hear somebody talk about Jesus and Jesus power and Jesus mercy and Jesus deliverance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, we're sick and tired of talking about this shot and that shot and this doctor said and that doctor said. We believe there is another report that by your stripes we are healed. Neither shall any plague come now thy dwelling. No evil shall befall thee. Lord God, these are your words. We worship tonight, Father, in your great presence. Thank you, Lord Jesus hallelujah hallelujah we bless your name lord let's sing together something can we oh my don't you appreciate him children with all your heart can we just raise our hands let's just worship just a little no children got school you got to work tomorrow most of you I know but it's not even nine o'clock yet let's just take a little time cut your talking time after church out a little bit and let's spend a little time in you with Jesus Let's just worship Him a little bit. Oh, He's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. Praise God. We worship You, Jesus. We bless Your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, is Lord. Our God Thank You, Lord Jesus.
0: Sing with me how great. Thank You, Lord God. Is our God yes, Lord. Oh, will see how great. How great. So